Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Uh, It is 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back. Bob Stoffer with you, along with Cody Jansen. Uh, We just got uh, this text coming in. We were talking a bit about John Blum, who belted um, Wayne Gretzky right after Wayne... uh, 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 after John Blunt was traded for Larry Bud Melnick. And the, the preface of this was all that uh, Vander Kane last night broke a record previously set by John Blum, fastest man to get four minors in a row. This text comes in, John Blum was married to Mark Messier's sister. That hap- hit happened on November 29, 1984. Just called my buddy Al uh Beach, that's the nickname, Peterson. I think he wore number 41, if I'm not mistaken, for Boston back in the day to ask him. He was Bork's D partner at that time. So, yeah, I I, I, first, I knew there was a family connection. I thought there was a family. Was it John Blum or was it Melnick where there was a family connection? I know John Blum and Larry Melnick were traded for one another. We're going to talk to another former Edmonton Oilers defenseman and former Oilers coach. He is the head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears, and he joins us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline from, I believe, uh, they are in Halifax today practicing, coming up for the upcoming University Cup where the Alberta Golden Bears will be ranked number one and they will take on Acadia Thursday. We welcome back to the show Ian Herbers. Hi, Ian. How you doing? Uh, good, Bob. Thank you. Uh, speaking of John Blum, he was my, uh, my defense coach when I played for the Detroit Vipers. So I had him for a year for a coach. And how was he? Well, he was, he was uh, an aggressive player, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, no, great person in that, got along. Well, obviously, we were an older crew of defense with the Vipers. I think I was one of the youngest guys at 28 at that time. Um, so it was the perfect fit for an older, mature crew. We had guys like me, Lee Norwood, Bradshaw. Uh, so it was quite the crew there. Mark Hardy at one point played there before time, so... Uh, we maybe, were the older crew back there. Now, this is in the old IHL days. Maybe you can educate our listeners here. Like, Detroit, was Bill Davidson the owner at that time? He was. Uh, and um, uh, we had uh, Steve Ludzik was a coach for a while. Rick Dudley was coach GM. So, And, and you guys, like Detroit? Sergey off another Oiler. He was, his, his draft year, I played with him. That's year he won the Turner Cup with the Lakers. So you guys and Chicago spent big money on teams. Like, you guys spent a lot of money to be competitive at that time, right? Uh, I didn't spend any money, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so you got everything taken care of and got a salary as well. How You were in for Detroit, Ian, for like five or six years, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, give or take. And then a little bit when uh, Mr. Davidson bought the Tampa Bay Lightning, so that was my transfer to that organization. They brought me in for a tryout and I uh, did well at camp, and they kept me around for a while. And you ended up going because uh, Ian Herbers went from the U of A, where he won a national championship in 1992, signed with the Oilers. Uh, you were down in Cape Breton. Were you on that 92-90? Was that the team that uh, Billy McDougal had the unbelievable playoff run? Yeah, that was my first year with the Oilers. We won, uh, so we just won a, a university championship here. Uh, signed with the Oilers as a free agent, and next year won a Calder Cup with the Cape Breton Oilers. Figured it was pretty easy. Yeah, uh, McDougal had like 52 points in 16 games, didn't he? Yeah, he just gave him the puck anywhere on the ice, and you're <laughs> guaranteed an assist. So, 
Anytime you're out with him, you give him the puck right behind your net. Go, Billy, go. He was, yeah. he was on fire and everything. He touched you. He was in another zone that, that playoff round. And you got up with the Oilers the next season and then spent several years uh, in that Detroit organization, the I, and then ended up coming back up with Tampa Bay and the New York Islanders as well. Ian Herbers joins us. Uh, speaking of guys, oh, we'll get to that in a second. You know where I'm going to go there. Uh, but first, just a thought, number one ranked, you're playing Acadia, and they've only played, Ian, how many games since Christmas? I believe it's three games. I know okay. I've looked at their last three games and that the, the past couple of days here, so I, I believe three, four games, not very many. All right. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of it's almost similar situation when we went down and played Lethbridge. It didn't make playoffs. It had uh, some time to prepare for us. Yeah. Uh, so they've had time to practice, get ready, set up maybe some stuff that we haven't seen, obviously, on video. Uh, so we've got to be ready for anything Thursday night. Now, do they play Olympic ice surface out in uh, Wolfville? Correct. Okay, does that work or help or hinder your team? Uh, we've played the one time this year against the Calgary Dinos, and we played very well. We beat them 7-2, and we've got a, a very good skating team. Uh, and our guys used their legs and executed and were dynamic that night. Uh, so if we come out that way, we'll be tough to play. How different of a team, I mean, I have my own personal impression, but you're the head coach, Ian. How different do the Golden Bears look with the return of Noah Phillip? Uh, and Luke Smith, two bigger bodies, 6'3 and 6'4, uh, back in your lineup uh, for the second half of the season. Well, the big thing you touched on already is giving us some size, more size. We were bigger already at the start of the year than the previous years, which was good, which is the area we wanted to improve on. Uh, but then adding those two big bodies in, plus them having the skill, especially Philip with the dynamic uh, skating ability, playmaking, shooting, him being on the wing now, just freeing him up for more offensive opportunity. And then Luke Smith, he was playing on our fourth line, who's normally a centerman, but's playing left side, the right shot. Um, and doing very well, leader on that line, and then stepping up on the number one power play unit and been very effective there. So I had a great playoff series for us. His game's coming around, coming off that knee injury uh, previously two years ago. Um, he led our team in scoring with five goals in playoffs in our four games. Yeah. Uh, specific to no Philip. I mean, anybody that's listened to this show knows that I've been talking about him for about two and a half years now. He didn't play hockey for a year and a half. Had a very difficult personal thing that he needed to go through through the first half of the year, unfortunately, and uh, something you wouldn't want to wish on anybody. Uh, but he's come back. He's got 15 goals and 28 points in 15 games overall. Now, I have heard, uh, well, I know for sure Calgary, because Brad Pascal told me, um, uh, you know, you know the Oilers were out to, you know, uh, Ken Holland and Tyler Wright and Archie Henderson were out to see him. Uh, I'm hearing maybe New Jersey and Boston are interested as well. Has uh, this been, since you've been back with the program and you're in your second stint coaching, because, you know, you had the three years with the Oilers in between, has this player sort of had the most interest of all the guys that you've had uh, that you've coached over the last several years yet? Uh, well, definitely he's right at the top. Uh, his brother Luke had a lot of interest as well, uh, earned himself. We had two teams battling with NHL contracts. I think there was three teams that offered him, for sure two teams that offered him an NHL deal. So uh, similar along those lines, and uh, you mentioned quite a few teams, but I think there's a couple more teams that you haven't mentioned as well that are, are looking at him as well. So he's done well. He's you know, At one point, as you are talking about, he was almost done playing hockey, so I'm glad we gave him the time off and he a mature young man and loves the game and missed it and came back and has had a fantastic second part of the season. So it'd been a shame for him to, to pack up his skates and not play anymore because he is a fantastic player. 
you coached uh, in the NHL as an assistant in the American Hockey League as an associate and then a head coach. Does his game translate to a pro game? Yeah, he has the size. That's the one thing he definitely has over his brother. Uh, he, as you're talking about big body, he's dynamic. He has those first two, three steps that create some separation, a great shot, uh, sees the ice well. Um, for me right now, probably playing pro, he's probably a winger. Uh, but at least you have that versatility. You can play him on either wing or center, so which is always nice to have as a coach, somebody that can switch from position to position. So that even brings more value to his game. Ian, uh, you had a couple injuries on defense. I, I went to both games against UBC. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Saturday was more in an entertainment uh, role and Friday where I was you know, more specifically watching the game. Uh, Dawson Davidson, who had 75 points in the WHL to Saskatoon Blades, uh, got banged up late in the Friday game against UBC. And you didn't have Dylan Plouffe, who had a pretty good offensive campaign as a 20 in the WHL. What is the status of those two guys? Well, those are probably our two most dynamic defensemen, both fantastic skaters, offensive upside, play hard at both ends of the rink. Uh, so we didn't have proof all the playoffs, uh, and Davidson didn't play that last game against UBC. So they practiced today, looked good on the ice, so they're 90%, 95%. Uh, we'll skate again tomorrow. We'll see how they are tomorrow just to confirm, but I'm... I'm I have them penciled into our lineup starting Thursday. It's funny. I saw the game on Saturday, and uh, Chief uh, Willie Littlechild was sitting next to me, and he saw Fontaine on the ice, and he said, I played with his grandfather, uh, Val Fontaine. Uh, Matt Fontaine played for the San Jose Barracuda in the American Hockey League. He's an undersized guy. How has his season gone for you this year? Uh, well, he's had a tough time when he came back because he had to redshirt that year, and then it was the COVID year, so there was two years basically he didn't play a game. Um, so trying to figure it out and get back into the groove of playing games, uh, you know, his game was a little bit up and down, but always he came to compete and battle and has the skill and skate can skate very well. Um, I think his best weekend of the year was against Calgary. Uh, he yeah. was fantastic. He was dominant, uh, controlled to play anytime he was on, and obviously his line on the ice. Um, they they had the puck. They controlled play. They controlled where things, what was going to happen on the ice, and obviously they lit it up on the score sheet as well. Uh, and then was good against UBC. So his game starting to peak at the right time. Uh, you also have Nick Schneider in goal, who was with the Calgary Flames organization in Stockton in the AHL and then ended up surfacing now with the U of A. You've split him and Berman all season long. Who's starting the game Thursday against Acadia? Uh, we still haven't decided that. Uh, both guys have played very well. So with Berman having the shutout the previous game on Saturday against UBC, that's the way we're, 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 we're leading, I guess, or thinking, but still hasn't been finalized yet. So I haven't talked to our, our goalies. So I'll let them know first uh, before I let you know. That's no good, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you got a couple guys that are, are, are Grayson, Paul, and Chuck, and... Uh, uh, your captain, Clayton Churikenko, uh, the uh, Kirishenko, the right shot deer. Are they done school at Daniel this year? Yeah, Clayton's graduating. He's, he'll be looking for pro opportunities this summer and for next season. Uh, he's been a fantastic captain and a leader of our team. Yeah, it just 
his professional, just the way he takes care of himself and the way he handles himself in the dressing room on the ice. Uh, nothing but fantastic things to say about him and, and the year he's had. Uh, obviously, Canada West Defenseman of the Year and on and on the awards and all the other teams recognizing it. And Grayson's also finishing up his business degree as well, so there's a chance that he'll be looking for opportunities as well unless he wants to work on a master's or a second degree. It's interesting with Polinchuk because I see a little bit of Levko. I think Levko's got a higher offensive upside. I think Polinchuk might be a little bit better skater. I think that's a fair comparable. Ooh, well, Cooper to fly. I just remember when we had um, Petrie out skating with us when they were in the lockout, and we'd do that long drive drill, and Cooper would take off, and he'd be by Petrie before the red line. And every time we did that drill, he'd come up and ask me and stand, who is that guy? He should be playing National Hockey League. I've never played against a guy that fast. Yeah. Uh, so Cooper straight away, he'd be one of the fastest guys. So I think Paulie may be a little bit more playmaking and skill. Cooper was more going to okay. that, driving to that, playing physical edge. Paulie has a little better vision on the ice. Yeah, well, and Cooper ended up playing multiple years in the American Hockey League after he was done playing for the U of A. He had one final one for you. Are you, the, are you guys the hunted at that tournament? I mean, it's in the Atlantic. Uh, for the listeners, that, I mean, that's as, with all due respect to the Quebec Major Junior League, they take university hockey very seriously in the Atlantic. Uh, UNB has won as many national titles as Alberta over the last 22 years. Uh, the Bears obviously have a massive advantage prior to that. Uh, my experience has always been that Alberta was seen as, you know, rich, big, bad Alberta. Do you get a bit of that when you go out to a national championship when it's in the Atlantic provinces? Well, especially playing the host team right off the bat on Thursday night, so it's going to be a, a rowdy atmosphere playing in Acadia. They'll have it packed with their fans cheering for them, obviously. Uh, actually, quite a few of our parents flew out here, so we will have a, a, we'll have a section that's cheering for our team. Um, but they'll come out, play hard, want to beat us, and then if we do get by Acadia, there's a chance that we'll play FX, the number two team out of here. And if we get by them, there's a chance we play New Brunswick, so we might hit the, the trifecta of Atlantic teams if that's the case, if everything goes uh, accordingly so long ways before that we've got to look after Acadia that'll be a tough battle for us right off the hop uh, they'll be gunned up for that uh, and just talking a bit with Taz Berman who was Lethbridge and uh, what those guys did in their preparation and everything being a team that's been out of playoffs and they're nothing to lose for them so they yeah. come out and fly and just go 100% a thousand miles an hour and throw everything at the net well, and you beat Lethbridge 7-1, as I recall, uh, in one of, one of Luke Phillips' last games for you. Ian, uh, best of luck. Expect a call here shortly after inquiring minds want to know who the other teams are. No, Phil. So yeah. uh, I'll call you after 2 o'clock our time, all right? Thanks a lot for your time. Right. Say hi to Marps all for right, me. Thanks, say, yep, say hi to Al Prokop, too. Uh, this text comes in. Good luck to Ian and the Golden Bears, but as a member of the alumni, Go X Go, says this texter. Do you have the ring? Don't they all get the little X ring whenever you graduate from uh, Santa Fe? I, too, am an, uh, am an alumni of the U of A. I didn't necessarily say graduate. It is 148 at Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers now. Bob Stoffer and Cody Jansen with you. Royal Pizza, pizza past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For our menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. And when we come back on Oilers Now, we'll get to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. All right, it's 151 in Edmonton. Uh, now 152. 152 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer. Who was the comedian that used to make fun of radio guys that used to give the time out? 
Oh, he had a real dry sense of humor. What was his name? Uh, might have been Stephen Wright, I'm thinking. Wasn't there also a writer named Stephen Wright? Hmm. Maybe. Uh, completely different personalities. Definitely a comedian with a real uh, droll sense of humor. Bob, this texter says, is there any way of watching or listening to the Bears game? I believe if you go to the U of A website, which is at, uh, geez, I don't even know what it's at. Uh, it's <laughs> used to be my site 15 years ago. I think it's Bears, you know, uh, let me, Bears and Pandas, is that it? Uh uh, this is bad radio. I can't even remember the name of, uh, hmm. Yeah, bearsandpandas.ca. That's the website for the U of A, and then click on hockey. I'm sure you can find a way to, to go there. I just have to make sure that's what it still was. Uh, Bob, Richard says, was it George Carlin? No, George Carlin, I'm pretty sure it was Stephen Wright that used to do the, the skit on sort of the FM uh, radio voices back in the 70s uh, that would uh, give the time updates. It's 1223 in Edmonton. And then 30 seconds later, it's 1224. It's funny stuff. I've always thought that skit was good. Without further ado, because apparently that skit was pretty lame in the modern days. By the way, it's 153 at Edmonton. Let's go to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Looking for a great Oilers uh, playoff road trip? Register now with New West Travel to watch the Oilers play on the road and in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You can reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. Going back to this date, 1983, I had just turned 17. And here's Cody Jansen. Yari Curry became the fourth order ever to eclipse 100 points in a season, registering an assist in a 7-4 win at Vancouver. Curry finished the game with two goals and two assists. Yari Curry had style and panache. There's no question about it. This day in Oilers history presented by New West Travel. Again, if you're looking for a great playoff, Oilers roadie, register now at newwesttravel.com for more information. The Oilers, 37-25-5, will take on the Los Angeles Kings, who are 36-23-9. The Kings have played one more game than Edmonton, uh, and they've got two more points. They're 4-4-2 in their last 10. Edmonton, 7-2-1 in their last 10. The Oilers are now 21-12 at home. They've won seven straight home games, outscoring the opposition 38-17. They're playing one of the best road teams in the NHL, 18-9-5, though the Kings could be down as many as four defensemen. Coming up tonight on Inside Sports. Reed Wilkins, who did a little bit of pinch hitting last night for 53 seconds. Uh, Reed Wilkins has what shaking tonight, Cody? Fluid show right now. Fluid show. There you go. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll have a full preview of the Edmonton Oilers and the, the Los Angeles Kings. Do a Vanner all right. Vanner all right. CNN headlines. Uh, meanwhile, in Los Angeles, uh, the Oilers and the Kings, a full preview. Guests on tomorrow's show will include... Former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, the man who started Octagon's player agency, the number one overall pick of the 1983 NHL draft, Brian Lawton. Uh, many of you suggest this guy's the unofficial speechwriter for the United Conservative Party of Edmonton. That's not true, but he is from the cult of hockey, David Staples. And at 1.35, he will join us live, our NHL insider for legacy heating and cooling, John Shannon. Up next, the global news, weather, and traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3 today, then the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jalen Knife from 3 to 6 again. Reed Wilkins, 6 to 8 with Inside Sports. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chat.